Hello, you're watching Saints Live, the final whistle with me, Steve Forbes. And it was another defeat for Southampton, losing 3-1 away at Brighton in the Premier League this afternoon. Here to discuss all the action from the match, we have former Saints captain Dean Hammond. Dean, obviously not the result that we wanted, hoping for a positive end to these uh, last few games of the season. But how did you how did you see the game? Just a, a, another tough Another tough afternoon for, for Southampton, Steve. There was um, moments in the game again, and we've we spoke about that a lot all season. Um, but unfortunately, beaten by a very good Brighton team. Um, Brighton were better on the day. You know, the way they approached the game, uh, the game plan they had, the way they controlled possession, the chances they created in, in the first half. Um, Put Southampton under a lot of pressure. But in those moments in that first half, Southampton a couple of really good counter-attacking opportunities. But like we spoke before the game, there was that intent. There was opportunities, but just not clinical enough. And and again, not good enough in, in both boxes. The two goals we concede in the first half. The disappointment for me is that Brighton don't really have to do anything special, don't have to do anything amazing to to split, in, split open the Southampton defence. It's more individual errors again, collective errors in, in those moments. Um, needed to be a bit more intensive in, in those moments in, in the defending. And then start the second half brightly, much better. I was surprised, if I'm honest, there wasn't changes at, at half-time, but um, grew into the game and had a probably 10, 15-minute spell where get the goal back, then get a second and disallow for VAR and, you know, we'll talk about that, I'm sure, but I'm not sure if that's actually offside. But again, just kind of sums up the feeling and emotion of the season that it's not quite happened for Southampton this season. And then from that moment, when that was cancelled out, Brighton again took control, got the third goal and then kind of just saw the game out. So, look, congratulations to Brighton because now they've they've achieved a European place, which is brilliant for a, for a club like Brighton. But the disappointment is that Southampton... I've done okay again. Lots of effort, um, lots of willingness, but the quality, there was a gap um, today. You could see that. And that's why Brighton have finished sixth. And unfortunately, that's why Southampton sit bottom of the Premier League. Well, before we get into more detail on the game, here's how it panned out, courtesy of BBC Radio Solon. Today's opponents, Brighton, could clinch their best ever season in English football. Now Alcaraz gets the ball and he just can't control it, but he gets it back because the Brighton player falls and there's a break on here. Walcott racing towards the penalty area, one to his left, one to his right. Alcaraz to his right and he's put it wide. Now it might be met by Caicedo, gets it to McAllister, can turn and look up 25 yards out. Ferguson inside the box, now a low shot and it goes under and through Alex McCarthy. Now they're giving the ball away again and this time before... Lavia falls over, doesn't get a free kick. Matomas down the left. That's a great ball. Elton Ferguson, 2 0. Here comes the corner. Saints were 2 0 down last season. Can they get one back? Flick to the back post and in. And Southampton do have a goal. Lavia rescues the situation. Feeds Ward Prowse. He's looking at Walcott to his right. It's a great ball. Walcott's in behind Esther Pinion. And Walcott's tapped it past the goalkeeper. Let's have a look. They're checking. VAR are checking everyone. And uh, it's offside. Here comes the free kick for Brighton. They'd love to get a third to calm things down. Pascal Gross drills it into the penalty. Back post. Brilliant save by Alex McCarthy. Oh, that was class. Suddenly it's out on the right-hand side. And Gross shoots. And that one has gone in. And that's gone out of nowhere. 
What a moment for the young 20-year-old. And the Saints fans give him a hugely warm round of applause. Now, Brighton again into the penalty area. Saints can't stop them progressing, but Welbeck held up a bit. Cross from Caicedo, good header away by Liveramento. Volley from McAllister goes just over the bar. 20 seconds to go, and that's it, in fact. Portini says, that's it. Well, let's look at that um, that first half in a bit more detail. The two goals that Brighton scored, we'll go through those, but it, it could have been more. But from the two goals that they did score, as you said, it didn't look like they had to work particularly hard for those opportunities. No, not really, Steve. It was um, They had a lot of momentum. Brighton had better opportunities where they did have some clever play and, and good interaction and good movement from the, from the four players. And you can see the way they build it up and the possession, it's it's very, very controlled. And then they go really quick and the attacking players they got are, are pretty special at, at times. But the first goal comes from just losing a little bit of uh, possession in the middle of the field, losing that one-on-one duel. The ball ends up at... Um, McAllister, who is able to turn in attacking position. That would be my first disappointment. The Southampton defence, once the ball's cleared and it's gone into the midfield area, that's what I talk about intensity. You've got to get up quicker. You've got to um, shorten the space between your midfield and the defending area to close the Brighton players down. McAllister can then turn. It's not just turn then, Steve, but he can have one, two touches. He plays the ball wider to Ferguson. And again, Ferguson, he's... In the area, almost in the area, but he has one touch, composing himself, able to have a look, and then gets a shot. Look, McCarthy, I think, should do better. I think he's caught off guard because Ferguson takes a shot a little bit earlier. But in those positions, at this level, players shouldn't be allowed to have one, two, three touches to be able to get a pass away, to be able to get a shot away. It shouldn't happen. It should be, the ball's cleared, we get up. Where's my man? Where can I, what space can I get? Where can I cover? Where's the danger? There just hasn't been that intensity collectively as a group and then individually today. It's too easy for the shot to go up. Lianco tries, but he tries to block it. He doesn't try and get to the ball to make contact. And again, that's just, it's been a common theme all season of those collective and individual errors in our defensive areas of the pitch. And that's why we've conceded so many goals. That was the first goal. The second goal, in all honesty, I think is probably a foul. On, on Lavia, in in my opinion, um, giving away cheap possession from Alcaraz, he tries to recover. But why I think it's a foul, Steve, because, and this is where I think there's a confusion between players and officials, Lavia is moving at such a pace, any contact on him is going to knock him off balance. And there is a slight drag and then a second touch. And I don't think um, uh, Natoma is, has actually got control of the ball. So the contact on Lavia, I think, is actually a foul. But because the officials, and this is not against the officials, have never played the game, they won't have experienced those moments personally. So you could say he needs to be stronger. Maybe then he should bring Natoma down, but he doesn't. I think it's a foul. But from then on, that's just quality. It's a great ball across the box with the outside of his right foot. And then Ferguson, one-touch finish, really clinical finish. And as it comes across, gets his head out of the ball and just puts it in. But... Southampton, it all starts from Southampton in Bryant's attacking third. And then Alcaraz just gives the ball away cheaply within 10 seconds. We're 2-0 down and then probably the game's over. Uh, Southampton did have chances in that first half through Walcott and Alcaraz, Alcaraz, but couldn't make them count. We had to wait until the second half to get back into the game. Dean, uh, Moyeli and Usi's header making it 2-1. And then could or should have been 2-2, but VAR got involved again. 
Yeah, it did, Steve. And um, yeah, like I say, it's just we haven't had that luck um, this season in terms of, of VAR. Um, but yeah, look, in the first half, that moment for Alcaraz, I believe it's nil-nil at the time. It's a good counter-attack in play from Southampton. Good, he wins the ball, Alcaraz, he drives forward, good pass to Theo Walcott. Theo Walcott cuts inside, Alcaraz makes an overlapping run. Really good time to pass from Theo Walcott. And we spoke before the game on, on the show that Alcaraz in those positions is usually really composed and usually makes the right decision. He tries to side foot it in the near post when actually he just needs to go across the goal. It's a good opportunity there. And then really good delivery from James Will Prowse in, in that second half when Southampton grew into the game. It comes from brilliant delivery, really, really good delivery from Prowse, good pace on the ball. And then that movement from the players that they all come to the front post. Ellen Uzi just comes off the goalkeeper and just gets that glancing, delicate header. So really, really good finish. And then the equalising goal for me is when Southampton are, are at their best. You know, Alcaraz, I think he wins possession of the ball back. He goes into Lavia, it bounces around a bit and then it falls to Lavia again. And he plays a brilliant splitting pass into James or Prowse. Prowse then is very, very aware, gets on the half turn and quickly plays a really good pass to Theo Walcott. And Theo Walcott shows brilliant pace to then cut across the defender, composes one-two touch and then lifts it over the goalkeeper. And at that moment, Southampton have got real momentum. Their, their tower's up. It looks like they could maybe go on and win the game. But again, the VAR decision is is so close. And for me, we were speaking about it just before we came on, on live. And I think those moments when it is so close, I think it should be given to the attacking team because we all want to see goals. And it, it's so close. I think, is it his arm? You mentioned it could be his, his top of his shoulder. I don't think he's really gaining an advantage. And I don't think he's really offside. I don't think the defender's getting back at him. The timing of the run is really, really good. The weight of the pass is really, really good. And we should be celebrating a fantastic goal for Southampton. It goes to 2-2. And then we've got a really exciting game on our hands. But unfortunately, the goal is is disallowed. It kind of takes the wind out of the sails for Southampton. It wakes Brighton up and then they just dominate possession from that moment on. Is that something as a player that would infuriate you, Dean? Because obviously it takes a lot of hard work to build up and score a goal and then it's chalked off by, you know, the width of a hair. It does, Steve, and you could see it. And, you know, Prowse got booked for his c complaints. It must have come up on uh, the Amex. They have screens both ends. It must have come up on the screen. He must have been seen how close it was. He was remonstrating with the referee. The referee obviously didn't like what he said, so he got booked. So it would really, really frustrate you because I'm sure the goal that Southampton scored there by winning possession back, splitting the lines of the Brighton midfield, getting on the half turn, runners from deep or wide areas is what Southampton would have worked on in training all week because it was really, really effective. Because in those moments, Brighton, their fullbacks play really, really high. And if Southampton can win possession back like they did, and within one, two, three passes, probably within 10 seconds, it's brilliant counter-attacking football to score a goal is what you want. And Southampton at their best. So you would be so frustrated. And I think from Prowse in that moment, he was just showing real frustration of the season, really, and just thinking, why? Why again? Why has this gone against us? In this moment, it's happened a lot this season. And just, look, it's not the reason why Southampton have got relegated, but you tend to get, it pretty evens itself out with a bit of luck. I don't think we've had the luck in those decisions from VAR this year. Yeah, well, there's no VAR in the championship as of yet, so maybe that's a plus for next season. Um, let's go on to Brighton's third goal. Pascal Gross putting the game to bed. You addressed it earlier. He was left in all kinds of space, and that's another issue for Southampton for that third goal. 
It was, and it came from Brighton winning the corner because Alex McCarthy made a fantastic save from Veltman, I think, from a previous cross or a free kick. And then they they win the corner from that save. Um, the ball comes in the box. I actually think Alcaraz is, is, is fouled as the Brighton players come across. And then it falls to Pascal Gross on within Southampton's box. And this will be the disappointment. When any opposition is in the box, you have to sense danger that players of this quality can score from there, can score from that angle within a second. Pascal Gross touched the ball, touched the ball again. Arebo kind of goes to close him down. Then he checks across and Arebo kind of tries to make a tackle and then he slots it into the the near post with his weaker foot, where Alex McCarthy, I think, is unsighted, so can't see it. But the reason why he's unsighted, Steve, is because he's got so many defenders in front of him because they're not squeezing the ball. They're not trying to make that one, two, three steps just to make it a little bit harder for the Brighton player to either get a shot or score. And obviously, the closer you are to the ball, the easier it is to block it. So it just, in those moments, Southampton, they almost seem to pause and just kind of hold their ground, hoping that, I don't know, the opposition don't quite get a shot off or they miss hit the shot. But when you've got players in the Premier League of this quality, you just can't give them time. You'd rather rush out, try and block it, and then another player rushes out. Because from that distance, really, Pascal Gross is not going to try and slip a ball through. He's not really going to try and cross it. So you, you can kind of forget about your the man you're marking and just concentrate on the ball and try and block the ball. And it just didn't happen. And... Look, we've talked about it a lot this year. This this needs to be addressed for next year. Whatever players stay at the club that play for Southampton next year, these issues need to be addressed. Not only the philosophy of how we're going to play, but the principle, the simple principles of defending because you're not going to be successful in anything unless you're able to keep clean sheets or not conceding easy goals. And that's what we've done this year. Ruben Sellers chose to introduce uh, Kamari Doyle, Don Ballard, um, Southampton's youngsters towards the end of the game. And then also Tina Livramento making his return for 15 minutes at the end after such a long time out. So some positives we can draw from the game at the end. 100% Steve. And, and, and Joe mentioned it before the game. That's the DNA of, of Southampton. It's been the DNA for Southampton Football Club for a long, long time. And I was really pleased for the two younger players to come on the pitch. Both got a few touches of, of the ball. Um, didn't look um, overawed by the the situation, looked really quite confident, to be honest, as though they were meant to be there. So I remember my debut and it does give you a lift as as a player. It really does. It makes you feel as though, OK, I can play at this level. I can play for, for Southampton. So credit goes to Ruben Sellers because he doesn't have to do that. He doesn't have to bring those players on. And then Liveramento coming on was was great because he looked sharp. He looked fit. Um, it would have been great for for him as well to you know the first thing he did was win a 50-50 tackle which is great for him and would give him that bit of confidence so for him to come on the pitch and play 15 to 20 minutes hopefully he may just have maybe next year I'm getting ahead of my next week getting ahead of myself maybe he could get a start or maybe he gets a little bit longer does he get 45 minutes next week because he's going to be a big player next year because he gives he's such a good defender He's such a good athlete and he's so good in those attacking areas. We've really missed him this year. So brilliant for the younger players coming on. I hope now that they see this as the start of their careers and they really try to, to kick on and think, right, I want to be part of this next year. I want to play in the championship. I want to get as much game time as I can. They go away in the summer and keep yourself really, really fit and come back sharp. 
And Liveramento sees the seasons out, no injuries, has a really good summer and comes back firing for next year. Well, let's get the thoughts of the manager now. Here's what Ruben Sellers had to say after the match. Well, I think we came here and we know what we need to do to, to, get, uh, to get something from the game uh, in that medium block and uh, be ready to counter-attack, to make the long counter-attacks. Uh, we have the first chance of the game uh, with Carlos Alcaraz. If we score that one, uh, the game will be different for sure. We didn't uh, and we conceded two goals that we need to avoid. And then in the half-time was about to correct uh, some of the things and go, go outside and make our game. We scored the first one in a set piece, uh, but we have been uh, better during the last part of the season. And then uh, when we were ready to come back and then we scored that, uh, that second goal, it was disallowed by VAR. And then the reality is that we keep, the, we keep them there for four or five minutes until we concede the third one. So I think we show professionalism, we show the, the team that want to play and want to wanna fight and team is together and uh, unfortunately it was not enough. Yeah, we're looking ahead to the weekend. We've got Liverpool at home, final match of the season. It may not be a dead rubber for them either, depending on what happens tomorrow night and on Thursday for Newcastle and Manchester United, because they still have a smidge of hope of reaching the Champions League for next season. What are your early thoughts ahead of that one? Well, look, a brilliant game to, to finish the season on. You're playing one of the best teams in, in the league. Um, they've got something to play for potentially. You're playing against some world-class players. Um, so, look, what a what a way to, to finish the season. Look, it's the Southampton's fate is that the fact that they're, they're relegated. Can we put on a really good performance? Can we get a home win at the end of the season and finish the season strongly? And then take that into to, to next year that that feeling I, it doesn't the win's not going to mean that much but that feeling of winning again that feeling of winning at home again that feeling of celebrating with the fans again just that good feel and give the club some some hope going into to next year will we see the youngsters getting a little bit more time i hope so i really really do um livermento like i mentioned can he get some more minutes for next year that would be great um and just a an attacking performance, players playing with a bit of freedom and go and take Liverpool on. And whatever happens from that happens. They're a world-class team. I'm sure the atmosphere will be good. So I'm looking forward to it, Steve. Good stuff. Well, Dean, great to chat to you again, as always. And we'll speak to you next week. Well, not to be for Southampton this afternoon, losing 3-1 away at the Amex to Brighton. Do join us next week on Saints Live for the final match of the season where Southampton will be hosting Liverpool at St Mary's. Saints Live will start at 3.15 in the afternoon for a 4.30 kickoff. Enjoy the rest of your week and we'll see you then.